This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and The platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So... It really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, too, and the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinara. And I'm Taylor. And we are so excited for you to be with us again today. We hope you guys have been um, enjoying season three so far. We've gotten some great feedback. So I'm really happy. Thank you so much, everyone who has left us like really great reviews. Um, I just appreciate it. There's just been so much love um, the past couple weeks. I know our two episodes starting the season were more kind of not traditional. They were just kind of an update of what we both have been through. So we we really appreciate all the compassion most of you have shown. <laughs> um, but uh, if you feel kind of called to do so, if you love this um, podcast and you really want to hear more of us, we're hoping to kind of start doing some more episodes. Please leave a review, a five-star review, subscribe. Um, spread the love 
And um, you can always follow us on um, Instagram too at the Anxiety Chicks. Um, we just do some good posts about anxiety and updates about the podcast there and everything. Um, and also one thing that we're really excited about is next week is every – so something new we're going to start doing is every first Monday of the month, um, we're going to do just strictly Q&A. So we're going to give you guys um, – we're going to post it on our Instagrams, on Taylor and I's, and also the Anxiety Chicks. Um, any questions you have about like mental health, anxiety, trauma, I mean, anything about, you know, as a – like nutrition or like with health anxiety, any questions that you guys have, um, we're going to give you an opportunity before we record the episode to kind of put in the question box or send us DMs, or you can even, even email us at the anxiety chicks at gmail.com. And we're going to answer, we're going to pick some questions and answer them on the pod every first Monday of the month. So, um, We'll get some, we've got some requests for that. So we figured why not just make that a recurring um, episode. So um, yeah, so just stay tuned for that. So we'll be doing that. We'll be doing that next week, right? Next week is October. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, October. Whew. And then another exciting thing is we have been doing like question box asking for topics that, because we want to fulfill what you guys want. This is all about you guys. And so... We got a couple really good topics, and today we are going to actually do one of them. So someone submitted um, feeling feeling unsafe in this world, and then in like parentheses, they put fear around acts of violence, et cetera, and coping strategies. So we really Deep. liked this topic because yeah. right when we like said it, both of us like had – we were like going back and forth. And we were like, okay, let's record. Hang on, guys. My dog is barking. Oh, I don't know if you can hear. Him. That's okay, Hi, cutie. Um, yes, I, I, um, I love this when you said this too because I hadn't actually seen any of the responses, and so we went through like you know five or six of them. You read down. I was like, hold on, feeling unsafe in this world. I was like, there's nothing more anxiety ridden than that. <laughs> I feel like that's where so many core anxieties live is just this feeling of like not being safe. Um, and I think with everything that's transpired in the last couple of years with the pandemic one, and then so many yeah. th things that I want, I want you to kind of go into what you were talking about before we started recording about, um, just what it's like today. Cause I think feeling unsafe in this world today looks so different than it did back in the day. Like even in the, you know, like 30, 40 years ago, and then even like 50 years before that. And I think there are definitely different um, a lot of reasons why there might be this, um, you know, immediate like threat that we feel on a daily basis. Um, so I want, to, can you talk about what you were talking about to me before we started recording? Cause I loved that, yeah. the first thing you said. So like, first off, everybody look down, you see your iPhone, right? Or maybe you're probably listening to this on your iPhone. Think about like the second anything happens in this world, we instantly get it shot to our iPhone or our smart device or whatever. There's like a little news thing that pops up, right? And it's like this dramatic uh, eye-catching headline, right? That's all the news is. The news is very eye-catching. And honestly, it took COVID and like the pandemic to really make me see a lot of like what news channels actually are all news channels. It's not even about politics. You know, it's not about CNN versus Fox. It's all news channels. 
they're fighting for us viewers. They need mm-hmm. viewers. They need and by by having catchy headlines and the old people sitting at home watching the news, you know, stay you stay watching it because you see this big bold headline at the bottom, right? Okay, so think about like a thousand years ago or so, or even like even like two hundred years ago. They didn't have that. That wasn't a thing, you know? But bad things were still happening. It doesn't mean that people just became bad people right when we got ways to tell everybody about bad things. It's just that now we have this instant society where we can immediately see something bad that happened in another country, but it feels triggering to us because it's like bad after bad after bad after bad right when you're watching the news do you ever see like good stuff pop up not really oh my god Um, especially the local news don't ever watch the local news you guys sorry no no it is only just horrible they're only picking the bad things yeah and so so you're sitting at home in texas right like i sit at home Mm -hmm here in texas Mm -hmm. and then i see like all these shootings going on in chicago you're that's putting fear in my head of this thing that's so many miles away from me but i'm sitting here having like this anxiety reading that right so it's like other people back in the day right they didn't have that there was no you didn't know what was even going on in chicago i don't even know if you knew chicago existed you were just focused on your four little streets this cul-de-sac neighborhood neighbors is Jill next door. Good person. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. people worried just about their community and not about this world that we are just thrown instant articles and headlines. From. Right. And so I, so I completely agree with you. And I actually was having this conversation with um, one of my mom's <clears throat> friends on Friday night um, because we were talking about how especially if anyone listening is a parent, right? Like yeah. from the perspective of a parent, um, you know, when my parents age, when we were growing up, I mean, we, they, they still had like, you know, TV and the news and all that stuff. So they still saw, you know, some, some things they didn't have, you know, all the shows that we had, they definitely didn't have like the internet, like we have now. Um, but the news, the news then was just news because there was no competing, uh, other network like nowadays they're competing for ads that's space. True. they're competing for viewership so it's like the news was literally news that's true and just like what they needed to get in right right that's true that's true and yeah yeah and also there wasn't so many like it was only you know the channels we had, like, yeah four channels 15 so, minutes yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like bad but you know we were i was talking to um her friend and we were just trying to um I was like asking her information about like what she felt like as a parent back in, you know, I was born in 1980. So I was saying like in the eighties and like the nineties and she said, you know, we didn't have access to, to a, a lot of things we do now. And so there wasn't a lot of fear about what was out there. So that's mm-hmm. why in the neighborhood I grew up in, I mean, I was, um, you know, we would, they would send us out to play like in our, our neighborhood. And then our neighbors would have a bell, like a cowbell. And at six o'clock, yeah. they would ring the cowbell and we'd all have to come in mm-hmm. for dinner. Like they had no idea where we were. I remember going to ride. That's my what my dad, dad, that's literally what my dad said. He said my parents, his parents would just be like, be home before yeah. it gets dark. We out. would literally go biking. They, they had no idea where they were, yeah. but it was just be home before it gets yeah. dark out. There were creeks behind our house where we would just go to the creek. Like there was a huge forest behind like my other neighbor's house. We'd just go play in the forest. <laughs> like 
We would drive, like, me and my one neighbor would drive our bikes, like, on main streets to go to this, like, small, like, airport thingy that was. And I remember we used to just go and ride our bikes in the parking lot there and then come back. I mean, it was, it was just a different time. And, you know, it was a different time. I mean, I'm not going to speak. I never grew up, like, in a city environment, but I know that, um, you know, what was going on at that time was a different type of like violence. I mean, there still was violence going on. Like there still was crime and stuff going on. It was just a little different. Um, a lot back in like the eighties and the, you know, all them there, a lot of the drugs were coming into play. Right. Like um, I know like that was becoming way more prevalent. And so with drugs comes more violence. And so I think like that's just been come like out of control right? Like in the last couple mm-hmm. decades um, is the drug violence and all that. So, um, I mean, there's just a, a lack of safety already for people that grow up in the inner city in some environments in the inner city, because they don't necessarily, they might not even be involved directly in any mm-hmm. of the crime or any, right. But they might have like neighbors or they might have a person they know that's, um, you know, down the street or something like that. And they actually, they're already like susceptible to this violence, even though they're not directly connected to it. So, and the reason that I'm kind of talking on this, no, I never grew up in it, but I actually worked in um, a very underprivileged area of Philadelphia in North Philadelphia for years. I worked at a charter school and I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of work with the community um, when I was a therapist, when I first started also. And um, I loved working with those families. They were like the most amazing families because it was, I did a kind of more to a lot of social work. So anyone listening that knows the difference between social work versus um, how they kind of give us education in psychology in the United States. Um, You don't have a lot of like multicultural classes in your master's programs in psychology, which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. um, because it's such a different type of work. But anyway, so when I would work with those families, you know, there's, there's first of all, generational trauma that's going on totally. And then there's this like secondary trauma, which happens when you grow up in just a neighborhood or an area of violence, you know? So like you're already not feeling safe just because you live in that area. Like, right. right? And I feel so fortunate. I didn't, I wasn't exposed to that, but like being able to like help communities like that is, was so fulfilling, but it's like so systemic that what needs to happen to make everything safe, forget it. I mean, listen, I'm like, maybe I'm jaded because I really just was so with by the system, just how the system is just so messed up. Um, but, um, that's, kind of like off but anyway you know all these different environments i think it's just like that's one sense of like not feeling safe right it's just even just growing up in these types of areas now but even people mm-hmm. that grow up in more rural areas or like especially people in more rural areas now they're like really exposed to different like media and and um not just tv so that's the other thing that that we were kind of getting into it's not just like tv anymore it's also mm-hmm everywhere like you can get yeah. news and information everywhere i mean mm-hmm. you know what was the word that they used over the pandemic fear-mongering did you hear that mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's kind of um that's that's kind of what is 
I don't know. I feel like that's happened. I don't know. I don't think. I think information is good, like to some extent, um, for sure. Like you want to stay educated about what's going on in the world like you do um, and in your neighborhood or whatever, right? In your neighbor. And especially if you are a parent and you have kids, maybe you want to know if there's like, um, you know, a predator down the street. You don't – you want to know that. I get it, Right. But I think, again, when we when we think about the sense of control, like there's just some things we don't have control over. And right. that is where the, the lack of feeling safe comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I totally think that. And I think that all of that is causing um, these parents. So I see it a lot in my – where I live with parents having too much time on their hands, these moms. And – you know, I think having money versus not having money, it's it's a it's a curse sometimes either way because you have these parents who have too much time and I see them so anxious, so much anxious energy and so much of the like you said fear-mongering mm-hmm. in and maybe it's not even fear-mongering, just like continual headlines going into these moms' heads and they love their babies so much that they never want anything to happen to that baby and they want everything to just be bliss for that little child that they are so overprotective and so over they're putting they're expressing without expressing it their anxiety onto those kids that we, I'm seeing it with these young kids they don't know how to function yeah. they live in an anxious world with the fear of everything and the moms are even saying and they and you know what? it's not their fault i get it I get it. I don't know what it's like to have a little kid, but if I was seeing shootings and school shootings and uh, monkeypox and COVID and all these things, and my little sweet, innocent five-year-old, my cute little sweet, innocent five-year-old is being sent off to school. You know, I don't know what that feels like. I birthed that child, right? Like, I don't know what that feels Mm -hmm. like, but I'm sure that that love, you just want to protect that kid. And you don't realize, which I think there needs to be a ton of education on this, is you don't realize that you got to keep a little bit of that under control because what your body language is expressing to these kids can be so detrimental to how they view the world Mm -hmm. because I feel like that gives a very, the world is unsafe. There's so many things to worry about. I always have to be watching over my shoulder. Yes. And I feel like that is creating this wave and I'm, and I'm hearing about it because I, uh, I've been playing pickleball a lot recently at my gym and there's a lot of like moms out there and they'll bring their kids sometimes. And I'm, I'm telling you, Allison, every kid that's been brought up there, I would say under, uh, I would say 10, nine, 10 and 13 anxious. They have anxiety. It's not okay. Yeah. And I'm hearing about this from everyone. They're like, everybody has anxiety. Like literally, it's not even like, I don't even know if it, there's an anxiety disorder anymore because almost every kid has anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know being someone who's who's working with those children, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah I mean, I I think that's a really good point though, is that like, you know, it's not just like the access that we as adults right now have to all the information as far as social media goes and watching the news and just, you know, just the access we have to all of the natural disasters and like the violence and, you know, even with the pandemic and just all of that information. I think it's, I think you're right. It's what we do if we have children, like to help protect them from it a little bit, but like keep them informed. 
um, but also not be like helicopter parents, right? Like, and listen, I'm not a parent yet. I'm not, no judgment at all to any parenting because no. I literally don't have kids. So, I mean, anyone that has children, I am like in awe of you because I, I feel like that's, there's part of me that's so scared to have kids, which is why I don't have them yet because I really don't know how I would be able to respond to to what is going on with everything in the world and how to kind of protect them, but then also know that they need, you know, you want them to grow up and be independent and not be scared of everything, you know, but. Well, I just, I look at my dad and, and, and I see how he, you know, he was the fifth kid. His mom was busy. His dad was busy. They had to make, they had to make it happen right for their family. Um, they didn't just have all the like the time of the world to sit around and be like, where's Randy? You know, like, what, what's he doing? Like, is he okay? He, he grew up like, you know, you got to be tough. And my dad has absolutely zero anxiety. He doesn't worry about things. He's got such a good like, uh, it's so admirable. Like, sometimes I'm just like, how are you that like in control of like how you feel and things? Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from a place of never really and, and unfortunately my brother and I, you know, and I think this is why I also see it this way is because my brother and I, my, my mom, when we were growing up, she she loved us so much. And I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. She didn't work. She had all the time in the world and she just wanted to protect us. Mm-hmm. But I a lot of it was the words, um, and you know, I grew up and you probably grew up in this too, with like, you know, nine eleven happened. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of just like events happened, I feel like, in our childhood mm-hmm. where things were more fearful. And so um I just remember my mom saying things like, Oh, don't don't get close to that or you'll die. Or like don't like it was very just like you'll get hurt. Like it was wow. kind of like okay. explaining. You know, like, and, and, and it was all out of wanting us to be safe, but, but that fear into our heads, you know, it was just kind of like the world isn't a safe place. Wow. And so yeah, I think there just needs to be a lot of research around this and, uh, more talks on it and not shaming a mom. Like my mom should never be shamed. It's not like she didn't, she didn't know. Right. Yeah. No, it's not about blame or anything. It's like, what, what did, so this is actually, it, it, we've talked about this before. It's more of with like the generational trauma, which happens is she only was able to handle certain situations the best way she knew how, right? Like her mm-hmm. parents gave her the skills the best way they knew how because their parents gave them the skills, right? So as a generation, we're all trying to, you know, break the cycle and create better like regula- self-regulation, everything. So, but I'm curious, did you ever ask your dad why? Like, do you ever say to him, you know, how is it that you're so, you know, you can kind of just flow through life and it doesn't seem like you're scared of a lot. Have you ever asked him that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think because he always had to be the glue. Like his mom and dad didn't get along. Uh, okay. They they were good together. And then he, you know, he was the fifth kid. And when they got to that point, I don't think they were like doing well as a couple. And I think he always felt like he had to be the good little boy. 
And so he always just like did the right thing. Like he just always chose to do the right thing. Like my dad is a literal saint. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's like you you look at him and you're just like, have you ever lied in your life? Like have you ever done anything wrong? Like he never like messed up as a kid. It, it was honestly very wow. frustrating when I was in high school because it's just like you never did anything wrong. Like I don't understand. I, I sometimes and so oh, go ahead. oh sorry. No, go ahead. no, no, you're good. No, no. And so like there was even a time where like he was like paying his mom's like bills and stuff and or like cards and credit cards and stuff and like so I think he just had to always like I, I I don't know he just always had to like make it happen and then I don't think he was ever raised with any type of anxiety like his mom's pretty like she doesn't worry about things either like she's almost 90 and she talks about like putting bags of mulch like but he called her last night and I was listening to the conversation and she's like, yeah, I just brought like six bags of mulch to my yard. And like, like she's oh my just kind God, of like, amazing at 91. She's, she, she, uh, her, no, listen to this. Her, her son was like, I found you a geriatric doctor, uh, that you can go see next week. And she goes, I'm not going to an old person's doctor. <laughs> it's like, she, like, like, what do you mean? Like, what oh is geriatric gosh, to you then? That's amazing. So it's like they, there was just never any like anxious talk. It, it's very interesting to see this because my dad was raised with not a lot of anxious talk in the mm -hmm. family. Okay. Whereas my mom, you know, like you said, there was still news. So her parents, all they watched was the news. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. All day long. When you walked into their house, it was wow. news. It was doomsday because, you know, that generation, what we also have to think about is they had uh, the Great Depression back then. right you that know, was like they were our, raised our with... grandparents generation yeah like had so so it's like yeah it's like we feel this feeling of like that we live in this unsafe world right now but the the emotions they had back then they didn't know what the heck was going to happen mm -hmm. after the great depression like they were like holding on to money like it mm -hmm. was like we like that was my grandpa he was like he he, he died a millionaire and they didn't they would use coupons and get old one day old meat that's just how they were because they had so much fear Right. Of like things going bad. So, so that and so it's like yeah. I remember when he got sick, he was like, We should have went on that trip. Like he was like, we 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 he was sitting in my mom the back of my mom's car and he was like, uh he was like, Lovey, we 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 need to go. Like he just had all this feelings of like because they lived in this state of like fear. Mm -hmm. So that it just goes to show you there was always anxiety yeah. and fear in generations. It's just all about I think like what you intake, I think it's all about how you intake because my dad's parents, they didn't sit around watching the news. Whereas my mom's parents, all they did was sit in the living room and watch mm -hmm. the news every time you walked into their house. And so it kind of goes to show you it's because someone said, you know, like that, that comment said coping strategies. Well, I would sit back and say, what is causing all these feelings of unsafe that I feel mm -hmm. about the world? Yeah. For me, and I'm sure you feel this way too, Allison, it's when I consume a lot of news. Truly, right now, I mean, this might be a very uh, negligent thing to do because I know it's good to be informed, but I think it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything going on in the world. And for me, that's how it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to know yourself, you know? I, I think... I think there's I think there's a difference between like just denying that anything's happening yes. versus like yes. <laughs> overly, you know, saturating yourself with information. Right. I, I think it's definitely important to be educated on what's going on in the world. But I, you know, I think as you 
get older, you'll kind of maybe like tap into some of those things. Um, Cause I remember at your age being the same way. Like I just wasn't, I didn't honestly, I didn't care at that point. I was so like, and I'm not saying this is you at all, but I remember at your age, I was so self-involved and like just cared about like what people thought of me. I was so like depressed back then too. And I just remember being like, what, what's going on? Oh, like who cares? And I just, now I, I, I think back and I'm just like, that was like my coping mechanism. I literally mm-hmm. like was partying a lot and like with my friends and just like was like didn't want to face the realities of what was going on in the world one what was going on with like some things in my family like I just wanted to escape that is definitely not healthy everybody I'm just you know disclaimer here I'm not saying that's healthy but it's good to be aware like I actually was finally you know after a couple of years I became aware of what was going on inside of me that I was actually really scared mm-hmm. of everything I was scared of things in the world like I didn't feel safe in the world I didn't feel safe mm-hmm. in my body I didn't feel safe in my brain I didn't know what was going on um you know I obviously talk about therapy all the time like that's one thing that saved me like making sure I was consistently going to therapy and and learning how to express my feelings about being scared and knowing that I can right. say that this is scary, but this is something that happens. You know, I've had a huge fear of death my entire life. I talk about that now because that's a reality, like, and, and that helps me. Um, but, you know, there's not like one thing I'm going to, you know, we always say this, there's not one thing that's going to like automatically get rid of everything that you're scared of. You just, there's not one coping tool that works for everybody. So you kind of need to figure out what helps you. But I would say, especially with the oversaturation of media, you guys need to literally consciously set boundaries for yourself with social media and with like the news on TV. I mean, I can't even. And if you and if you need to delete TikTok and Facebook, you like, need to delete. I can't TikTok even tell. Like it exactly. doesn't be a discussion anymore. You just need to delete it. Yes. Like if you keep going back and forth in your mind of like, wow, every time I get on TikTok, I am triggered. Every time I get on Facebook, I am triggered. What does that say? You know like what, that though? is a time. You know what though? Sorry, I want to interrupt for a second because I don't. I I agree that like okay, maybe yeah, maybe you take like a detox for ten days or whatever. I think actually what's what can be effective because there are some actually really good there's good information on TikTok and Instagram like our mental health pages right like maybe you go and you take the time you need to filter out like what you're seeing yeah, you know? there is a way to do that. Like, I think you have to like click a button and it's like avoid or don't show me videos yeah. like this anymore. Yeah, like filter out I what think you're I think I think personally though, Facebook is just like tons of articles about like bad stuff though. Like every time I get on my feed, it's something like horrible. I hear about someone from my hometown who died or I hear about, and like they know what to put on the top of your feed. That's like most like people are like RIP in the comments. Like they know like what to put. Did you know that? Uh, Yes. Like keywords that they like. So that's like every time. They're all watching us all the time. Yeah, it's like the top thing is like super triggering and I'm just like, okay, well, how did like Susie die? And then I'm like researching that and then I'm like, every time I get on Facebook, it's something that's really, it's a headline. And so I think this goes back to like, okay, I I think it's good to be educated. Okay, I I struggle with this because I think it's good to be educated on things going on in the world, right? Throw things out, 
you can, if you don't want to get rid of them completely, but I actually do agree, like taking like a little detox, like taking a week or two or something and being like, I don't, why do I need to go on this? Because you, there was a part of time in your life where you didn't have it. Right. Like I was even thinking the other day, um, uh, my friend was saying she was at this festival over the weekend. It was like this huge festival in Connecticut or something. And um, she was telling me all about how amazing it was. She saw like the, the Lumineers and um, Stevie Nicks and like the concert was amazing, she said. But honestly, the way that it was organized was like, have you ever seen Fire Festival? The, the documentary. Yeah. She said it was literally yeah. like Fire Festival. She said it was so oh bad. There was like no bathrooms and the porta potties were like 500 people. You couldn't even get water. You couldn't get food. You could hardly move. I think they had a little like tent area. So it was like better for them. But she said it was so bad. And she said, and the one thing that you would have freaked out about was that n- there was no service anywhere. No one had service, phone service anywhere. Ooh. And she said, yeah, I actually went off on my own in the front to like watch it a little closer. And then I didn't know where my friend was, but we ended up kind of finding each other somehow. And I'm like, and I told my friend, I'm like, Darth, do you remember when we used to go to concerts when in like, and this was like 1999, like before cell phones, whatever. And I was like, we always used to go and say, okay, you guys, if we get lost, meet at this like brown pole at 10 o'clock. Like, that's what we're going to do. We didn't, we were just like, oh, we didn't have it. We were just like, whatever. See you guys in a little bit. Like, if we're going to go get drinks, we're going to the bathroom, but meet us here if you get lost. Okay. And it was like, that's just what we did. And now it's like, whoa, oh my God, if my phone's gone, oh my God, what do I do? I mean, literally, I even get like that sometimes when I can't find my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, what would I do? But like, wait a Mm -hmm. second. I... That was how I lived until I was like 24 or something, right? You have a different experience because you're younger. You don't remember a lot of your life without it. Um, No. But it's instant access and like that's safety for some people. Our phones are safe, make us feel safe, right? Because we feel connected. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's something when when that is out of our hands, like it's very almost like an emergency type of situation I feel like everyone has. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? A lot of times, because most mm-hmm. people, like people don't have landlines anymore, so I guess it's like, how would I call anybody? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I I think that it's just like being able to just some things I can think of are like yeah, like boundaries with social media. Um, also, like practicing putting your phone down. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, like practicing honestly, like setting it down certain times of day and not looking at it and it being okay. Like if you're working, mm-hmm. work. Some people do need their phone to work, though. I get that. I mean, it's so it's so complicated, you guys. You can uh, you can set like do not disturb on certain apps, though. So like, say you're using your phone for something to work with. Like you can put there's a mode on the new update. If you like slide, let me see. You slide the phone down. You could put it on work mode. So like work mode has certain things. I, I just found out about this. So I just got the new phone because I need my phone like wasn't even holding a battery. Oh yeah. And so if you click if you click this like focus, it says work, get things done. And so you click that and you can customize your focus. Oh, that's awesome. So it says it says while working on a project or your to do list, get things done by silencing certain notifications or customizing your screens and apps. And so it says customize focus. So that's pretty Wait, cool. What's the so name you of click that? that button and you're So it's an app or it's on So this phone. is on the, No, no, no. This is just on the new update. So did you update your phone to the 16 iOS? Oh god, I don't know. Can my phone do that? I have like a 10x still. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Yes, it can. Every phone updates. Uh, oh, no, so I didn't When you yet. slide down the note. Yeah, because when you slide down the notification, see mine, right? That button right here that says focus. Yeah, yeah. So if I, oops, hang on. So if I slide that down and I click focus, so you slide the screen down oh where you're gosh. like going to turn oh, off. Wait, I do have it. Do you have it? Yes. Okay, you click focus and then there should be four things like this. Yes. And they say, do not disturb, sleep, personal or work. And so then you can like customize how you want things. Oh my gosh. So I think even like personal is good. It says focus, turn off work, focus on you. So say on that one, you could do that and make it to where you're not getting news notifications. You're not getting social media notifications and you could still text your friends or like do whatever. Well, wait, there's even a thing that I'm just looking at on the personal page that you can actually put like an away message on your text messages. So if someone texts you, it yeah. sends them a text right back away saying I'm on personal mode or whatever. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is awesome. I did not even know about this. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I love that. So that's another thing you can do uh, to just protect your peace. <sighs> and just know that like we're not living in an unsafe world just because it is blasted to us now. Like I think the world, I think there's like, I'm even watching the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, <gasps> Me too. show right now. Oh my God. So good. And I'm like, okay. At least we don't have like all these serial killers anymore because we have DNA. So I know. Like, I was gonna say. Think about that though. Like, there was there was those people then too. Like there was always like there's always bad people and there's always good people. And I think that they're still here because I think a lot of people look at this world. And there's like there's no good people left. And I'm like there are. They're just not going to get a news headline. They're not going to say the sweet Allison helped a girl through a panic attack. You know, like that would not be a good headline for anybody. Yeah. I mean, it just wouldn't. Yeah, they have those, they have those stories like on the Today Show in the mornings and stuff like those news shows, but yeah. not like on like the local news sometimes. They're just not no. going to show them. Um, but you know, what's interesting. I was just reading something about how like crime, I guess, like is the low. I don't know if that's low. I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but something about like, <laughs> something about like, um, when you were talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, because he was a serial killer. Well, serial killers for serial sure. Killer. They, they well, just, yeah. It just can't happen. Well, well, that, so with forensics and things that, and DNA that have come yeah. up in like, there's definitely way a, a better ability of catching people sooner, right. which is awesome than it was back in the day. So like, that was a different type of not feeling safe back then because like, no, maybe you couldn't see it in the news a lot, but like, you just heard about too, like all this person being able to just get away with killing on the loose. Killing. Yeah, imagine, he'll, imagine hearing loose. that. Like they're like, we don't, we don't know where he's at. He's just out there. Be careful. Oh my You're God. like, what? By the way, Dahmer is so amazing. But trigger warning because it is, it is sick. You guys, this guy, it is this very guy sick. was it is sick, very sick hard man. to stomach. But let me tell you, as a psychologist, it is so unbelievably when they did the childhood yeah, because yes, he literally yes. i mean this is not like spoiler but he literally didn't have really have much trauma at all and we know that trauma is associated it's connected not all the time but highly connected with like crime and later Wait, in life you, you felt that way he well what what episode are you on seven okay me too so no. I mean, also, we're, I'm thinking about, like, the trauma that I have researched and that I know of, like, that are connected with, like, that type of violence. He he didn't – I mean, he wasn't 
Anyway, we'll talk about this. Oh, we'll oh, talk I, about I this mean, off because I, I don't want to give it away to anybody. <laughs> but no, I, I think I know. But yeah. anyway, you guys watch it. It's it's really good if you feel like you're interested. It's in good. That. It is good. Um, and get through the first episode because it's like the first episode. You're like, what am I watching? But just remember, <laughs> yeah, and just remember, like, literally, there's like no serial killers anymore because they catch people so easily because of DNA. Literally. Um, but what a great way. It's another thing that you, you touched on though, is like another thing with feeling a coping strategy is to know that with a lot of technology advances comes a lot of being able to not get away with really bad crimes. So people are more fearful to not do these really bad crimes because there's so much, I mean, and in the future, there'll be even more. I mean, we get all these devices on people. I heard that there's so many things in the background we don't even know about that get caught. I mean, honestly, before we even know about them, right, so. right. So there, it is. I mean, I feel like we could probably talk more about this. If you guys are more interested in talking, us talking more about this, let us know because we could we could talk more about some of the stuff that that goes into like feeling safe and not safe in mm-hmm. today. But um, I was going to say, what a way to end on Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody, have a good bye, week. guys. <laughs> Feel safe. Just kidding. Um, but no, really, we, we hope that this kind of like put things in perspective a little bit for you guys, at least, um, and for the person who suggested that because uh, anxiety yeah. and feeling not safe but go hand in hand. But just know that that just focus on your everyday and really listen to some past episodes and try and regulate your nervous system. And I think feel it like just being present and really being around your support system is something that can be helpful too. So. Um, we will be back next week and we will see you with with the Q&A. So make sure to submit some things. Okay, you guys. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.